Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You are listening to the Marty Leeds Math Magical Radio Hour, where we discuss myth, math, spirituality, philosophy, science, and so much more. www.martyleeds33.com Hey everybody, Marty here. I have to apologize for this episode as I had some technical difficulties and there's a little crackle in the line on my end. Turns out my cat chewed through a cable and I recorded this not knowing it, so I apologize for that, but I cleaned it up as best as I can, so fair warning. Um, I Also, I have to say I was a little out of sorts with this interview due to being immersed in this subject matter, and I gotta say my heart and head have been really all over the place lately, so my continuity is not the best, so I appreciate all of your patience. Uh, My guest tonight, Tracy, is really great, has been studying the subversive and sinister aspects of the occult for a really long time, and is really a wealth of knowledge on the subject. So I really appreciate the perspective she bears on this subject. And one more thing I want to add, everything we are discussing here is alleged. We are making no direct accusations against anyone, and I truly believe in innocent until proven guilty. So I just want to make that clear, and I'll make that clear every time I discuss this subject. No one wants to be falsely accused of anything, and so we, we always want to be careful when discussing these very controversial subjects. So our guests tonight are occult and esoteric researcher and author Tracy Twyman, and the musical guest is Son of Sam. If you dig what you're listening to and you want to hear more, the best way to support my efforts is to head on over to my Patreon site and provide a monthly donation. The link is provided at martyleads33.com, where you can find books, music, interviews, and videos with much more content in the works. You can download the entire first season of this podcast on iTunes, and please like, subscribe, and share. And now, on with the show. Tracy Twyman, thanks for coming on the show. Sure. Thanks for having me. So um, we got to chat a bit recently via Facebook. Um, a friend had sent me a few articles of yours, uh, not related to Pizzagate, which we're you know pretty much going to talk about today, that I really enjoyed. I enjoyed those pieces. And then one of the ones that was sent to me was one that you did that was really good on Kim Noble, an artist that was connected to Comet Pizza and ping pong and all that. Um, so I've known about your work for a long time, and I knew the subject uh, matter was kind of like right up your alley. Um, so you've <laughs> you've been investigating the occult a long time. Uh, you have a ton of books on the on the subject. So you know, when I contacted you, it was like, hey, yeah, let's let's talk about 
pedophiles. That'll be fun. <laughs> like, really? It was, you know, this is the first time we've ever spoken. So it's like, hey, nice to meet you, Tracy. Let's talk about this disgusting shit. So anyway, um, <laughs> so before we get into like, you know, Pizzagate and stuff like that, maybe can you kind of like start off? Like, how'd you get investigating the occult? Like, what was the, the impetus there? Oh, you know, um, it started when I was really a teenager. So, you know, it's been there almost as long as I can remember. And uh, basically was just first an interest in the occult, starting with H.P. Um, Lovecraft and then uh, Aleister Crowley. And then, um, then I got into conspiracies and I learned about, you know, Masonic connections there. And so then I sort of, you know, combined the uh, the two interests and have been writing about those two things ever since. So you were just into like weird stuff your whole life, essentially, huh? I guess so. Yeah, I've always been kind of a weirdo, really. Just, <laughs> I just, can't help it. I mean, just like an inquisitive nature or something like that. Or was there any sort of like spiritual connection for you to this stuff? Was it, you know, what I mean? Was it more just like academic or? Uh, it's a bit of both because um, I think I'm sort of a. Uh, you know, I'm a Virgo. I'm a very naturally kind of inquisitive and uh, analytical person, I think. Uh-huh. And uh, then, yeah, I mean, you know, I was interested in the mystery of it and f- finding myself able to decode things that were in uh, occult texts and find things that weren't overtly written. Um, I I seem to have a uh, a knack for it. And it, I just thought, well, you know, maybe I can uh, make I figure out the mysteries and, you know gain some kind of um, results from that you know of course I you know I would have been interested in developing you know supernatural powers or mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if I, at one point I was trying to find the Holy Grail I thought I could decode the the mystery of Rinle Chateau and the Priory of Zion so I dedicated a, a portion of my life to that um, I mean yeah I've, I've uh, been interested in it for a variety of reasons really always attracted to this kind of stuff but um, I mean you know I, I I guess I need to sort of set myself apart from, uh, you know, people that that molest children and eat babies and stuff because <laughs> I've, I've never really had any interest in that. And uh, but, but the thing is, um, it's been interesting how my research has really led me to that subject. I've written about it quite a lot in the last few years because really once you start decoding all these myths, you get to th- stuff that's really about about sex, sex rituals and um, – yeah, consuming flesh and blood and various things that you can do with that. So um, it's it's amazing. You know, you think that there's some sort of divine mystery behind all of this. And I suppose there is, but uh, it really comes down to things that are kind of simple like that. Is That's what I found, at least. Yeah. I mean, have you found uh, in your own studies, have you, has there been times that have, there's been when you've, uh, you know, studied this stuff, investigated this stuff that has elevated some of that grossness? Because I mean, there it's a a lot of things that I found when investigating the occult is like the occult is that you can take it two ways. It's the light and the dark. And when you go light, it goes really, really light. But when you go dark, it goes damn dark, you know, and we're obviously starting to see a lot of that stuff with this whole Pizzagate scandal. So, I mean, has there been any like light for you? Or is it because I know you focus a lot on the mystery of Baphomet. In fact, I think you, you have a whole uh, like a, a thing. What is it? The, um, yeah, the Baphomet Mystery Club that you, you you host. So, you know, where where are you with all of that? Do you find this stuff just sort of like vile and that sort of thing? Uh, I, I think, uh, again, it was a natural development of me trying to decode. Like I started off um, 
the Priory of Zion mystery and the Holy Grail and trying to figure out what all that stuff was. Um, hopefully your listeners will have some some familiarity with that so that I don't have to recount the whole thing. No, but no, yeah. Basically, the idea, you know, the idea that um, there was a sacred bloodline that was special for some reason. They had special powers, um, special uh, uh, right to, you know, to possess certain thrones and history had been changed in order to keep these these facts from us. You know, I was interested in all of that and that led to uh, trying to figure out what uh, what the Templars were up to. Um, and I, in, there, there was, I suppose, um, an influence of uh, some spirits that I ended up contacting because one of the things that I tried, uh, I was working with several other people throughout the years and one of the things we tried at one point just to sort of get other information about uh, how to figure these things out was we actually just tried the Ouija board and uh, started conjuring up spirits of first dead people. And then we uh, were referred to other kinds of spirits like uh, demons or, um, you know, sort of God gods or demigods from mythology and things like that. And um, how skeptical and so, were you? Yeah, when you, I'm sorry, like how skeptical were you when you went in and sort of, you know, looked at a lot of this stuff? Would you, like I said, was it academic or was it, you know what I mean? Like, I think, see, yeah, I think, uh, I, well, I don't think I've been skeptical in terms of, you know, uh, questioning whether, uh, you know, supernatural things could happen. Yes. Um, or whether there's another side to, to existence. Um, I kind of, you know, I stopped questioning that early on in life. Uh, it, became easier just to uh, believe in it and I uh, you know I found plenty of uh, of evidence for that so um, yeah I th- and I think maybe that's you know part of why the Ouija board worked well for me and why this uh, this kind of information has been so intuitive for me to be able to uh, understand is uh, yeah I'm not um, if you consider the, the possibility and you don't even really uh, waste too much time thinking about uh, yeah, skepticism. If you consider the possibility that there's a uh, spiritual and uh, supernatural element to, you know, everything really, mm-hmm. uh, then you know, decoding um, the the occult symbolism of things becomes easier because I think that uh, a lot of a lot of times people when they're trying to decode these symbols, they get you know stuck with not being able to imagine the possibilities of what it all might mean. So. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't really been all that skeptical, I guess, in terms of, uh, you know, yeah, whether there's a, whether there's such a thing as magic or spirits. Mm-hmm. And so that when you allow yourself to just sort of think, use your imagination, let your imagination or, or allow these sorts of ideas in your investigation, you can kind of see how like, okay, people that really vehemently and adamantly believe in this stuff, whether or not it's true are, I mean, they can, uh, you know, it's when you get, when you study this stuff, it's like, you can get to see how um i mean how how dark these people are if you know if if if, uh, furthering your own investigation by allowing this stuff in has led you to more uncoverings and stuff like this then you can only imagine the people that are on the dark side of this stuff are doing the same thing except they are withholding knowledge because that seems ultimately what to me this is all about it's withholding knowledge yeah i mean there's things that i could never know um because i'm not going to you know, commit any sort of blood sacrifice. Yes. I'm not going to uh, do any of the things that would uh, allow me to become members of any of these secret clubs. 
So um, <clears throat> at a certain point, I guess my um, you know hands-on uh, investigation had you know had to stop there. But that's where why it's been useful, I guess, for me to at least be able to um, kind of intuitively interpret these things. You know, I guess uh, I feel like I kind of have a sixth sense for these things. So have you been um, accused of, of being like one of these demon worshipers or anything like that? Cause I get accused all the time of like, Oh, you're a Mason and stuff like that. And just because you investigate this stuff. And so it's like, have you been accused of being this at, at all? Uh, yeah, sure. And I mean, I, I've been, you know, pretty honest about what sort of experiences I've been through and the things I've tried out. There was a time when I was, trying to, you know, uh, I, my friends and I had our own secret society and we published our own magazine and we were trying to get members and stuff. So, uh, it was all sort of mail order and we never really did any, uh, in-person things, um, with most of our members, but you know, I've, I've dabbled in these things as, as, as much as I was willing to. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I've been honest about that. I even wrote a book of memoirs basically about that, uh, you know, all the seances and all the, the rituals we tried out and stuff. And, and, uh, I've been honest about, you know, the fact that I've talked to Baphomet and other, uh, other, uh, entities that you'd consider demons or devils. So it's known that, you know, that, that is, that has been an influence, a source of information for me. And, you know, you can take that for whatever you, whatever you think. I mean, yeah, I was going to say there's people that are me somehow, then, you know, that's your opinion, I guess, you know, I was going to say there's people that are listening to this that are probably going to be like, well, she just admitted that she, you know, like with the devil or whatever, like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, just wait a second. So, okay. So, <laughs> so what, uh, I mean, I kind of want to talk about the Pizzagate thing here too, but uh, some of the stuff yeah, is sure. really interesting. Like, so what is, what is your sort of, what is your take on this, this character of Baphomet? What, um, because obviously it comes up quite a bit. A lot of times when you see it in esoteric or occult circles, you find references to Baphomet. What's your, what's your take on this? Obviously this isn't, Baphomet doesn't come from a good place from everything I've seen. Well, it's really probably the most complex symbol you could imagine, and that's why I wrote a 600 – my friend and I, uh, Alex Rivera, we wrote a 600-page book on it, and Mm -hmm. it's probably the most comprehensive book about Baphomet anyone has ever written. And I guess the the, – I don't even know if there is a simple answer, but some simple answers I can give you. Um, It's like the – the – the prime symbol, really, for Freemasons, for uh, any Western occult group uh, coming out of uh, the Templars, for sure, mm-hmm. is going to have some kind of uh, Baphometic symbolism within their order and within the magic that they do. Um, he's really kind of the patron for all of those Templar-related orders. So I definitely think Baphomet was this uh, entity that the Templars – contacted they may have actually sort of created it also in that uh, it may have been something a spirit pre-existing that they contacted and then they may have done things with that spirit because there's this idea in um in ceremonial magic that you can you know augment a spirit and add things onto it connect it with other spirits like the romans they used to um you know they would take over a another culture and sort of amalgamate those gods with their own sure and create these compound gods. And that's really, it's an idea that's been around forever um, that you could do, you can do that. I think that the Templars did that with (coughs) 
um, really a, a pre-existing, you know, spirit of, of Satan, really. Because um, Satan, in the way it seems to me, Satan or what people call the devil has a lot of different faces, a lot of different uh, personalities. So this would be one expression of it. And I think that they took that and augmented it to, to create a, um, a very multifaceted symbol. Uh, for, for one thing, it was to them uh, the symbol of the thing that makes a magical transformation happen. Mm-hmm. So it's the, uh, you know, what the, the alchemist called the, the universal agent. It's this uh, transcendental uh, substance, you know, the, the, the primordial substance of the universe. Mm-hmm. In the end, the idea that you can uh, sort of use it to, to change anything uh, through the power of magic. So yeah, it's uh, Baphomet is like their the the power that they use. He's a um, a patron deity. Um, the the Templars consulted him, you know, through divination. Uh, they said that he brought them wealth, um, and and gave them wisdom, helped them basically figure out how to run their gigantic uh, commercial empire that they started. So, uh, which that's you know, a whole history in and of itself, right there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, these, these are just some of the things I could say about this. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, this symbol, and of course, it it, uh, it was already, you know, the the devil sort of symbol. That's what it was before. Mm-hmm. And then, as the Templars changed the imagery of that and created the specific Baphomet imagery, which then got picked up and utilized by other occult groups. Uh, up until modern times, up until you know Aleister Crowley and the OTO and the Church of Satan, um, that that has been what has changed the sort of popular image of the devil too. So, the uh, the image of Baphomet that uh, you know Eliphas Levi, the, this uh, uh, French occultist from sure. the 1800s, he created this this image of him that now everyone has seen. Uh, of you know, it's a it's a human with a goat head and breasts, and he's got one arm pointing up and another pointing down. Sure, it's a it's a classic that became symbol, like that. That's yeah, that's that's uh, now if you get a, a deck of uh, tarot cards and you see the devil card, it looks exactly the same mm-hmm. because that became the uh, the image of the devil that everyone thinks of now. So uh, that's just a that, that's. A few answers, I guess, I can give you on what Baphomet is. It's, it's a lot of different things to a lot of a lot of people. And uh, you were asking about whether it's evil or not. I mean, you know, yeah, <laughs> is a, is a short answer. But a lot of people also uh, would disagree or think that there. I guess they would say there's more to it than that. Yeah. So okay. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I want to get into Pizzagate here though. But I just kind of yeah. I, I wanted to get your take on on this and was just like, do you see any sort of light coming from? Any of these secret orders, or do you kind of just see it as basically, you know, a, a, a satanic in in their nature? Um, the only thing I I would say that makes the answer to that hard to give or or get any ambiguity about it is just it's hard to to know what is the supposed light side of any of it really, because once you I guess delve as far as I have into um, you know occult mysteries, and then behind that, of course, is really you know all of the mythologies of the world. Mm-hmm. You try to uh, examine those and th- synthesize them. Try to f- figure out what they all have in common. You know, I, I've definitely gotten to the point where I don't know 
you know, who God supposedly is or the devil or whatever the difference is between the two, because the, the truth is that the figure of the devil and the figure of God are based on, you know, the same earlier mythological figures. Uh, you know, both of them have the same kind of prototypes uh, if you look back in history. So mm-hmm. um, it's it's a confused subject, and it's I, I suppose that's uh, that's that's how people become Satanists, really. You know, uh, maybe some people are just you know uh, evil by nature, and they, they like doing evil. They like they're sadists. They like hurting people, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think a lot of people just get you know, seduced into it intellectually. Um, they're, they're looking for power. They're looking to understand. They want, uh, you know, a, a Faustian pact of, uh, of, you know, giving themselves over to the devil so they can understand uh, the hidden mysteries of the universe. And, you know, <laughs> all you really get, uh, as, as you, you find when you read the play Faust, he found the same thing. The devil can only just, you know, give you the same information you could find in a book of, uh, you know, theories that people have and philosophies and uh, none of it can be proven and it all kind of, uh, you know, one philosophy contradicts another, one religion contradicts another. So uh, it's very hard to, um, yeah, <laughs> to parse all that know, stuff who's, out. What's yeah, the yeah. light? What's the dark? I, I have no idea. I know. I, it really comes to, at least for my own. So, I mean, uh, talking about this and then we'll get on to Pete's Gate, I promise. But uh, talking about this, it's like... My own studies of the occult, it just seems like it kind of comes to like how your own how, – how good your heart is within a lot of this stuff, like your own intentionality behind it, you know. So when I look at – you know, I just like you studying the occult, you see this just awful, awful stuff a lot of times and then – or the or I should say the esoteric, the occult, things like that. But then I've also, for me, garnered a lot of positivity out of it. But then I also see a lot of times it's my own – how what my own interpretation of it is, my own intention behind what, what it is. I'm reading, you know, um, I think when, when you see like w- what we're talking about here, speaking of Satan getting into this Pizzagate scandal, I mean, I think what you see there is people with pure intentions that are purely evil. And there's there's really no if, ands, or buts about it, you know, and those intentions seem to be, as we don't talk about, directly connected to Satanism. That, 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 and there's no joke about this, that really what Pizzagate is kind of bringing out is not that this is just a group of pedophiles or kind of, you know, a, a creepy old man or whatever that are connected to this, that there seems to be an ideology that's behind it that is very, very scary. And so that's why um, I think a lot of researchers like yourself, and I'm going to have Mark Passio on in a few weeks and things like that, I think a lot of people are going to start coming back to a lot of these researchers to really see what a lot of these people have been talking about for years, you know. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, we're talking about the uh, the organized groups of people that engage in yes, overtly satanic practices that involve hurting other people. Yes, and a fundamental breaking uh, of the golden rule too. So, I mean, right there, it's uh, to me, it's immediately you see that there's there's an evil intention behind there. Yeah, and th- these people are brought together too by their evil. You know, that's. Yes. Um, the the reason why you can say that it's a whatever whatever it is that John Podesta belongs to and I, we don't know the name of it yet uh, it, you, you can say it's a purely evil organization because not only is there this evidence that he, everything he and his brother are doing is evil hurting other people but in a club like that everyone else has got to be on the same level it's all, that's the, that's the way these things run and that's why I've never been in it and I can't you know speak from personal experience. 
I can only study it from the outside and, and have informants tell me what happens. But you've got to be really sick to get inside of one of these groups, and that's what they look for. And that's how such you know, groups such as these uh, um, groups of uh, evil people that have bonded together end up uh, taking over entire societies is because they can form a very strong bond with each other because of how uh, how far they're willing to go in order to get what they want. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, if, if you have no boundaries and no morals and you want power, you're going to get that power because you're going to do whatever you want to get it. So um, how, how um, I mean, I know you said that you had a child and like, I'm, I mean, my usually, you know, when I when I investigate something, I usually try to immerse myself into it, right? And so into this, like, I've been absolutely horrified by everything. Like, it's been a like literally a traumatic experience. And I I would say that like I have the mind or of, of a kind of person that would be, uh, you know, I've investigated the occult before, so I know a little bit about this stuff, you know. And so, but even that, I've been completely horrified. I mean, how? How much of this can you take? Because I'll go in for a day, I'll look at this stuff, and then I, I need a break, you know. And you've obviously seen this stuff before. Like I said, you've investigated the occult, but I mean, obviously, you've obviously been shocked by this as well, right? Yeah, I mean, I could say I investigated the occult, and uh, you know, but I've never, I've never been involved in a ritual that came even close to anything like what we're describing. Mm -hmm. And I never was really friends with anyone who would admit to doing it. Mm -hmm. Although I think I've known some people that might have or at least would have been interested if, if they thought they could get away with it. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I can, you know, I, I guess I've got a strong stomach. I can uh, take it a little bit uh, delving into the Pizzagate stuff. If you're looking at their Instagram photos and stuff, it's really uh, uh, it's really dark. The uh, the implications of what the you know, what they seem to be saying about these children in the photos uh, that uh, people connected to the pizza joint put on their Instagram, I mean, they definitely seem to be not only making sexual references about the children, but I mean, literally it's talking overt. about killing them and eating them. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of amazing. Um, but the, I, the point at which I actually had to back off and it was right about the point where this whole thing collapsed. I mean, we should talk about that um, is when I was on Reddit for a few days, you know, checking in frequently uh, back when they were allowing people to talk about Pizzagate. And on the last day, right before they shut it, say, okay, two days before that, there was one guy who dropped uh, what he said was this uh, cache of child porn that he had found supposedly, uh, I guess, in the, you know, back pages, the hidden vault of uh, some pizza joint. I think it was called We, we the Pizza in the... Yeah. Uh, in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. So, and I look, I don't know. Um, I didn't look at it. Uh, there were other commenters saying they went in there and looked at it, and they all kind of described the same thing. Um, and they, what they described, I mean, it wasn't just child porn. I mean, they were d dismembering children, supposedly, while they were, you know, conscious. Yeah, every horrific like thing you could possibly imagine, basically. Um, but, but, okay, the, the only... And, you know, you, you, of course, you want to be skeptical, right? Yes. Uh, for one thing, you want to hope that it's not real and uh, you don't want to just perpetuate rumors. So I suppose it's possible that every single person on this Reddit thread who said that they looked at the child porn and confirmed it was what it was, uh, as described, that they, those were all set up accounts. I didn't personally check, I admit. 
I didn't see how old the accounts were or anything like that. I just looked, I saw the descriptions, I started freaking out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's the point at which, uh, yeah, like you describe, I, I finally reached the point of, you know, too much nausea and, um, and just being a little bit too freaked out. And, and what happened uh, right after that? Okay. The, whole, the same sort of thing happened again, like the next day. Of course, the, per, the first person never came forward with the actual proof of anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then some other dude did the same thing the next day. And it, within like an hour or two, they shut down uh, the Reddit discussion. And I think they had shut down the 4chan discussion like earlier than that, you know, maybe a couple weeks ago. I, well, so, I mean, there was one point where I was on 4chan, I mean, quite a bit. I was basically bouncing information off of a couple of different people that were investigating this. And the one, there was one day where I was on it pretty much all day. I was off work and they were deleting threads left and right. I mean, it was real time stuff, you know? I mean, you could see the censorship happening as you were <laughs> investigating it. It was amazing. So. Yeah. Um, I've, you know, I've never seen anything like this. Um, I can say that. You know, I can understand as, you know, a publisher of a website that if you think you've got, you know, libel suits for one thing from, you know, the most powerful people in the world, uh, that you might want to avoid that. And the other thing that if you think people are post- posting links to child porn and snuff films, uh, even if they're doing it for a good reason, uh, you still just don't want it to happen on your website. Mm-hmm. Um so maybe there, you know, I can I can sort of understand why uh, some of these webmasters might have given in to pressure, but they did more than that. <laughs> Excuse me. I mean, Twitter. It seems to me, you know, long before they even made a, an official policy about it, I noticed that it seemed like stuff was missing. You know, if you if you tried to look up PizzaGate on Twitter, that you know, they, it just wasn't cataloging all the stuff that was actually there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, Twitter's, uh, yeah, I mean, they've gone on like a wholesale just censorship spree, it seems like, you know, so, which is just, I mean, to me, that's just disgusting. It's just disgraceful, but. Well, but it's amazing what's happened. I mean, uh, I think we set up this interview a couple of days ago, um, and it had only been a couple of days before that, that uh, they banned it talking about it on Reddit. Mm-hmm. For the the moment they banned it on Reddit, and then they did something on Twitter, I think they just closed a bunch of people's accounts. Um, It was like they they succeeded. It was amazing to me. You know, people always talk about how, you know, you can't really kill the Internet. You can't kill the freedom of speech. People are always going to find a way to talk to each other. But really, they they haven't, you know. in a, in a sense, Pizzagate is still exploding and that more more people are still finding out about it that, uh, you know, are, I guess, late to the party. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, it's all regurgitating the same info. I don't think we're finding out that much uh, new stuff, really. No. And I think they've just been successful at squashing the discussion. Yeah, I mean, yeah. In, in a way, I th- I, there's some truth to that for sure. I mean, I at the same time, it's like it's really interesting, though, that like the CEO of Reddit, because he went actually and retroactively changed people's accounts, like, you know, when they were openly asking him questions about, you know, this stuff, because apparently he had been one of the he had been on the um, 
in the cannibalism subreddit. He was actually one I of saw the, that. Yeah, one of the board moderators, supposedly. So people started asking him. And so he came out and retroactively changed a bunch of people's posts to like something different. And people were mentioning it's like, look, if you did that on Facebook, like if, you know, two weeks, you know, two weeks ago, I looked at a post and it said something completely different. People would be up in arms. So the day after or two days after or whatever, he actually came out and I, th- I think I shared it. it was on Business Insider or something like that. And he basically admitted that he did it. And it's like, and then that was it. It's like no, no, no other discussion about it. So it was like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's really strange. We're in the middle of this sort of thing where we're fighting for freedom of speech, and we didn't. I didn't, I didn't even know we were in a fight for freedom of speech. So, you know, until the like last year or two, I guess you could say. But now it's come to a head. You know, where like the fake news is being pushed out, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. It's everything is being censored. So. I don't know. It's 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 really strange. It's um, I don't know where to take it. I don't know if we're winning or losing, to be honest. Yeah, I can say the same because in my mind, you only would be winning if you're going to start arresting people yes. and you know liberating the dungeons that full of the children. And um, you know, I would assume the the thing that the FBI has been threatening all this time: oh, the government will collapse if. Uh, if people find out how extensive it is, well, let it. I mean, so what? You know, <laughs> there's a, every, there's a every whole bunch single, of us out there. Position <laughs> is half the country didn't even vote, so they're probably yeah. <laughs> yeah, half the country didn't even vote. They're probably all like, yeah, let's let this thing fall. So, <laughs> so oh, I mean, what, what's your take on the the Donald Trump situation? Because obviously, um, I mean, I'm assuming people know somewhat about this if they're listening to this podcast, but. Donald Trump, the the black, I don't I'm sure you know about this as well, the little black book that was found by Jeffrey Epstein. Apparently, there's just as a who's who list of elites and everybody from, you know, uh, Prince Andrew was there. And then, uh, of course, former President Bill Clinton visited like, I don't know, 20 times to Jeffrey Epstein's little private island. And then President-elect Donald Trump as well. So if I mean anybody that's out there that, you know, was on the Trump train thinking that things are going to change, you know, it seems like he may be involved in it, it too. And I, I mean, I, I'm saying this allegedly, of course, because you know, we want to say innocent until proven guilty, of course, right? But at the same time, there's a lot of people that have a lot of questions to answer. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to be involved to the extent that Hillary and Tony are mm-hmm. of you know, eating small babies, because maybe, you know, I th- and I th- here's what I think about Trump, you know, um, I, I really don't have that much of an opinion about him other than other than this. I think he's OK. Um, I have a, I have a lot of problems with some of his policies. But in general, the main problem is that uh, he's connected to Jeffrey Epstein. And I find it really hard to believe he's innocent. Um, and. I think it's very unlikely, you know, that he's not on camera doing something um, illegal with one of the one of the sex slaves that was owned by Epstein. That the girl who said she was raped by him at, by Donald Trump at one of Epstein's properties when she was 13. I mean, I don't really have any reason to disbelieve her. And uh, you know, yeah, it just stands to reason that he's at least involved to that extent. And, and I think that's the, that's probably the majority of politicians and people in positions of power. Hopefully, hopefully they're not all eating and raping very small children. Um, but it's po- but I think it's more likely that um, almost all of them have had sex with a minor and been photographed doing it. And that that is what 
everybody has to do if they're going to be allowed into any position of power at this point. I think that we've got, in general, you know, a larger cabal where you, ha- you know, they're controlling people to that extent. They're, they're not going to let anyone into any circle of power that isn't controllable. In, in other words, you know, blackmailable. And and really, um, in the society where we're in now, you know, you can only blackmail people with basically something like uh, like having sex with a minor because, uh, you know, being gay or cheating on your wife isn't going to do it. It's not going to ruin your career. You can't really threaten people with that anymore, uh, even drug use, you know. So um, th- th- this is what I think they have on just about everybody that's in power at this point. Trump, I have no doubt, is uh, no exception, really. I'd be really surprised if he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we'll see that, you know, because we're seeing him ma- having to make concessions on things that he was, uh, you know, so adamant about that he was going to build a wall. He's going to prosecute Hillary. And I think he's backing down on all of that because he is controllable. So it's unfortunate, you know. But, I mean, look at the way this like guy looks at his daughter and the pictures they've taken together, cuddling, these uh, sedu- seductive poses and stuff. I mean, he's definitely some kind of creep, you know. Um, and I, I guess you can hope uh, the, for the best that maybe he's not an actual Satanist raping small children, that maybe he just kind of has a thing for his daughter and likes young girls. <laughs> which I think okay. that's pretty much obvious, <laughs> but maybe, but as far as like Podesta, I mean, I think these people are like raping babies and eating them. So, um, I guess those are the gradations of, uh, of, of, uh, evil, you know, those are, okay. <laughs> so some people are doing the, the worst stuff and some people are doing the stuff that's not as bad, but it's all pretty bad. Okay, great. This has been a great show. I mean, I'm depressed as shit now. And <laughs> what? I know. No, it's it's just no. I know. It's. I mean, that's the that's the harsh reality that really seems to be being exposed here. This is not just a group of pedophiles. This is not. This is a a, a massive ring of people that are involved in the highest levels of government, probably worldwide, most likely worldwide, from everything we've seen. And we're just getting this. The door is being opened to people and 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 let in you know people consciousness about how how integrated this is into the United States government. So I agree. I mean, I think a majority of the people, I think Max Egan just mentioned this on his last uh, show, that, you know, the majority of the people that actually gun towards position of power like this have these crazy skeletons in their closet. And that's kind of the way it is. And I think that from, you know, from moving on now in history, it's like we have to be very, very careful with anybody who wants to, who is gunning for positions of control like that, you know. Yes, but but um, I would say that you know I've known that for a long time. Um, in fact, years ago I, I wrote a book about uh, it was called Mind Controlled Sex Slaves in the CIA. Mm-hmm. And so when I wrote that book about 2005, I was already sort of convinced that what, what I just said that you have to be on on camera committing a sex crime in order to get in power. Hmm. But still, I was shocked with PizzaGate. Okay, because I, like I said, I thought, you know, most of these people are just being set up with an underage hooker and uh, there's a camera and then they're controllable from that moment on. Mm-hmm. And that's the extent of it. But look, um, no one's forcing the Podestas at this point to be doing what they're doing. Uh, and it's not a hazing ritual. This is what they're into. And it's obviously 
um, something that they're doing to obtain occult power, um, to um, probably extend their lives and, you know, be more youthful and energetic for one thing. That's one of their goals. Uh, it could also be part of some kind of satanic pact, like sometimes magicians will make agreements with demons to, you know, sacrifice X number of, uh, you know, types of animals or people or whatever. So maybe they're, that's why they're seemingly going through just industrial-sized uh, lots of, of children that they're raping and killing. Um, I, I, just, I, I, I hate to uh, sort of gloss over this, too, because for the listeners that don't aren't fully convinced or don't even know what I'm talking about yet, uh, I, I'm probably not providing enough detail, but I mean... I mean, just, yeah. There, I, <laughs> when you connect... When you connect the fact that you know they're talking, they're talking in their emails about um, having, obviously using code words for having sex with kids and trading them around, and then you connect that to the, the uh, organizations that were smuggling children out of Haiti and other uh, you know war torn areas, third world countries, it does seem like there's vast amounts of children involved. Am I wrong? No. Well, and the the thing you were just mentioning too about the you know the occult sort of like blood sacrifice about you know whatever taking the blood in from younger children and living long. I think it's what is that called like par- parabiosis or some shit like that. But basically, this idea of blood transfusion from younger children to allow you to live longer, right? And that's I mean sacrifice. That idea, um, and as well as ideas of, um, well, you have it in the Goyim in the in the you know Ju- Judaism or whatever the Jewish people, but this idea of sacred and profane, these are all ideas that are that are longstanding within the occult. So you know you take that into modern times and they see that this group of people who are obviously satanically based are hijacking children and killing them, and you know. You know, obviously, possibly, you know, taking their blood as well, this parabiosis thing. And this also made me think about how, um, and I believe this is true, that David Rockefeller is like 101 years old and just went through his yeah. seventh heart tr- surgery. And then you say, uh, where's he getting the hearts? You know, and yeah. that, then it's just, it's just like, oh, okay. So I just depressed myself again. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, too, um, okay, because I'm willing to consider, um, supernatural things or, th- or things that uh, you know, a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't even think are possible mm-hmm. um, okay I've read a lot of uh, grimoires you know magical texts um, watched a lot of horror movies and that's actually a good source of information too because a lot of the people that write those things and direct those things you know the details of yeah. of uh, how cults work um, there is this pervasive idea of being able to extend your life by jumping into other people's bodies um, and, yes, grafting on parts of their body to yours if you need to. Um, You know, this is something that uh, I guess, you know, would be one of the main goals of being involved in one of these things. You know, once you've totally destroyed your soul and, you know, you've murdered, you've raped, you've raped and killed children, you've done the worst things imaginable – uh, the only thing you want to do is extend your life as long as possible because you don't know what's coming after that. It's probably pretty bad for you. And, uh, you know, the only thing you can do is just hang on to, uh, you know, some kind of uh, a body, you know, some way of, of staying on this side instead of down below, you know, where you, you have to go back down to your torment, basically. 
So, uh, I, you know, and who people, knows? I mean, I'm willing yeah. to – Hillary Clinton may be like some 600-year-old vampire for all I know. <laughs> I mean it's possible. Yeah, I mean, okay, so this gets into this like whole like light and, and dark thing too when you talk about like immortality, you know, it's like this idea of there's the immortality of the soul that, you know, you want to be immortal, but it's in the afterlife with the, the, the creator, the great spirit or God, you know, that sort of thing. But then there's the dark side of that, which would be immortality within the flesh, which gets into like vampiricism, you know, or, you know, vamp, you know, vampires and things like that, which obviously it's like taking the blood from somebody else and then being immortal in the material world. I mean, that mm-hmm. says a lot to me about witchcraft, um, you know, this dark occultism, sadistic occultism, dark magic. So is there legitimacy to that? I mean, uh, who, you know, who knows? It could very well be. I mean, and if there is, I mean, we certainly don't know about it. It's been information that's been hidden from us. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I I think it's it's likely that things like that can happen. Uh, probably not very common but that is the hope of being able to achieve something like that that would keep you going in, in uh, a cult like this. Just, you know, uh, keep committing acts of evil until you can figure out how to achieve immortality. Uh, are you familiar with this case of uh, Jill DeRay in France around the time of uh, Joan of Arc? No. A mass murder. Okay, so this guy, he was um, a, you know, a nobleman and I guess uh, like a, a leader of one of the armies that was marching with Joan of Arc. And he was friends with her and, uh, you know, coordinated, helped her coordinate her, um, you know, military strategy. Mm-hmm. So uh, after all that ended and, and Joan of Arc had been executed, he uh, withdrew into a life of studying the occult and trying to achieve the Philosopher's Stone uh, so that he could get rich because he was uh, heavily in debt. So, he went back to his castle and just started collecting boys from the, from around, and you know, boys started to disappear. For years and years, boys were disappearing in in, uh, in his neighborhood. And uh, you know, at the end of it, he finally got arrested. Uh, he was caught trying to sacrifice his own wife and unborn child in her womb. And then they went into his uh, his alchemical laboratory, and that's where they found the remains of hundreds of children. And he started confessing, um, yeah, he'd been raping them, raping their uh, dead bodies and their organs and doing all this stuff to try to create a, (laughs) uh, I hope I described this correctly, but a film, a special kind of film that uh, that would develop on their blood. And he would scrape that off and use it in, in chemical experiments to try to uh, create the Philosopher's Stone. And all this is explained very well uh, in one of Eliphas Levi's books where he wrote about it, that he, uh, Jill DeRay was trying to um, create a reaction against nature by doing crimes that were so horrible, it would create a, a natural reaction from nature herself against it. And that would, that would uh, exude some kind of energy that would manifest on the blood and then he would collect it and use it in a in an al- alchemical ritual, actually trying to create a substance that he could drink to become immortal, and that wow. he could use to to, uh, to you know transmute lead into gold to become rich. So uh, just I mean I'm bringing that up again as an example of the types of things that people have believed in history that uh, really get involved in the occult and the depths to which they're willing to go. 
to try to achieve those results. I, I don't see any difference really between what he was doing and what it looks like these guys are doing. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt at all if um, something like that is the end result or what they're, what they're aiming for. Some kind of total transcendental power that they think they can get by doing the most horrible things imaginable. So how, how much of this is, do you feel like is like, um, free will or how much of this is like just straight psychopathy kind of thing? You know, um, somebody was mentioning the other day about, you know, trying to understand reason with people that are unreasonable, rationale, the irrational, you just can't do it. You know, there are people out there that obviously get a charge, a kick out of this sort of, you know, whatever it is, whether it has you know, a, a spiritual context of it or whatever, but uh, raping children and that sort of thing. People get a kick out of this and it charges them. And it's like, okay, I don't understand that at all. It doesn't even enter my head. I can't understand it at all. And so there, there's just this sort of like disconnect with, is this just um, just sadistic psych- psychopathy taking control? Or is there is this sort of like a learned behavior, do you think? I mean, this sort of gets into, Maybe we can talk a little bit about the Monarch program and MK Ultra and stuff like that. But you know, how do you how do you see these people? Because I can't ration it. I can't, there's no reason to it. All I see is just evil. There's that's it. You know. I think that at least in some cases, and these are probably the people that are uh, you know higher up in rank, more in control. And I I you know, I think the Clintons might be a good example. Um, that this is a, a multi-generational family affair. Look at the, the um, notes that the Podestas were sending to each other. We got two brothers involved, and actually it seemed like the wife was involved too mm-hmm. in one of the emails. And then there, you know, one of the other emails, you, there's a woman offering her own children. I don't know if they're her blood children or adopted children, but this is happening in families that are you know connected to the elite. Um, I know that's a vague term, but I mean, gosh, this is what's going on. And I, and because of that, uh, at least for those people, it's it's happening. <coughs> what's they're being controlled by the evil, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> on a number of different levels. So it's genetic. Um, when you go through one of these rituals that your, uh, you know, father or mother went through before you, then you know, as soon as the uh, the sodomy starts happening to you, for instance, for the first time as a child, you may uh, have a have a genetic memory triggered and and sort of fall back into the mindset that your ancestors have always had. You know, when when they went through these rituals, uh, and I th- and actually I think that's part of the purpose of some of some of the uh, trauma based rituals that they do uh, on their own children is to kind of try to snap them back into this kind of genetic memory. It definitely, uh, is definitely, um, a common cult idea that you're connected spiritually to your ancestors. Mm-hmm. You're almost just a, uh, you know, the current incarnation of the same soul. And, uh, sometimes when, uh, I know that, uh, that, uh, in- British witches, um, the English witches, a lot of times they'll do rituals where they're they're connecting with their ancestors, and uh, you know really um, evoking them during these rituals, and be kind of becoming one with them. So, I think um, you you could be in a family that, you know, has spirits of of incest and sadism and uh, child eating, cannibalism, all of these things. Um, attached to you for you know and they have been forever another thing that's just like family tradition 
basically. Well, and then, uh, you know, I said, yes, it's genetic, and it's also, therefore, in your body in every single way. And uh, one of my commenters on one of my videos actually sent me a link to something that I thought is really interesting. He, he said, look at this in connection to Hillary Clinton. So he sent me a link to this uh, Wikipedia article about this stuff called this uh, disease called Kuru. Yeah. And this is something that uh, happens to people in Papua New Guinea. And it results from uh, generations of cannibalism. And it causes, it's like mad cow disease, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's causing your, your brain to get all spongy, you start shaking. And uh, when they describe how this uh, disease sets on and the different stages it go, you go through. And it sounds identical to what Hillary Clinton has been going through. Identical. I remember my friend had sent me that. It was a couple of weeks. It was prior to the election. Um, and it was maybe a week or a week and a half before the election that somebody had sent me that. And I read through it and I'm just like, I mean, if she is doing this, that's what she has. You know, it's just, it's pretty frightening. Yes. And, uh, you know, some people have theories that, uh, you know, that there are entire races of early man that died out because of this, because they were eating each other and particularly the brains to try to, you know, gain power from it. And, uh, according to this theory, this may have actually helped, uh, you know, the current incarnation of man evolve into what he is that our brains got bigger from eating other people's brains. But, uh, at a certain point it's, you know, it's like, um, just like you can gain something from inbreeding to a certain extent, and then you'll start having, uh, malformations. Uh, the same thing happens from, cannibalism you might be able to gain something from it but if you do it too much it will uh be the end of you so uh yeah some people think that uh you know this is a this is part of the early history of man that some of our earlier versions died out due to diseases coming from cannibalism did you have you ever seen the hampstead case with the the couple kids um it was like a school and everything like that. But basically these kids had came out and said, and it's really, really gruesome stuff. And you can watch it online. You can you know, watch the interviews online of these kids. Young kids basically came out and said that the entire school system and a part of the church and things like that and, and their, their families, the, 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 basically an entire community was involved in this sort of thing. And they had given testimonies to the police officers about how – you know, the, the, they were killing babies and eating them and drinking the blood and and yada, yada, yada. And that these kids were actually being raised up into this whole community of people doing this sort of thing. And, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when you listen to the interviews, I, I mean, to, to think that these kids are lying. I mean, I, I watched it several times. I think it's it's nonsense. You know, apparently they, re, they redacted or retracted the statements that they made. But, you know, basically, when you look at the sort of family tradition long history of Satanism, the genetic thing you were talking about, nurture nature, this sort of thing. It's like, um, you, you know, I mean, you can kind of see how this can, this could continue on through, you know, generation after generation, even quietly, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of freaky to think that, you know, it's not just happening in some sort of dark corner town where yeah. nobody goes that yeah. this could actually be where, you know, our leaders are coming from as families like this. But uh, unfortunately, that's just what the evidence keeps pointing to. And, you know, I would say that I've been skeptical of some people's stories in the past. 
like say for instance, many times I've been asked what I think about Kathy O'Brien, and I've said, well, I don't necessarily believe her, and is mainly because she just just had a lot of extreme stories. It was so they were so extreme, involving so many famous people, that. I just found it hard to believe that all these things happened to one person and and she's still alive. Mm-hmm. But uh, and then also she was just refusing. She was refusing to answer. Uh, tell me the exact names of the people who were doing these things to her, even though it was all written in her book. But now I understand. Okay, so I'll tell you this. Maybe for one thing, she did not want to get sued, and there's no statute of limitations on child rape. So, because I've encountered this since interviewing Kathy O'Brien, I've encountered this with people who wanted to interview me about about Project Monarch, but they didn't want to talk about children getting raped. They only wanted to talk about adults getting raped. And I've finally figured out, oh, it's because they just don't want to get sued. Mm-hmm. And then they think if if they talk about adults, the statute of limitations is in place, and no one will actually sue them uh, because no one will get prosecuted. Um, but, but anyway, Kathy O'Brien, I mean. You know, uh, at this point, I'll just say, you know, maybe she's telling the truth. I, I have no idea. Um, I have no reason to disbelieve her at this point because the extreme stories that she told are not out out of the realm of possibility. They go along with the things that we know now about uh, the people in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Yeah, the veil, you know, with this veil coming down and then taking what we see now and looking back into history, a lot of stuff starts to you know, unfold. In fact, there was just um, uh, Miley Annopolis had just tweeted a a tweet from uh, Andrew Breitbart in 2011. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Basically saying, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, please. I'm saying, go ahead. Oh yeah. Just basically, you know, claiming that John Podesta had been involved in this sex slave circle for a long time. And then he ends up dying a year later it, uh, I think heart seizure or something like that. Andrew Breitbart did, and so you know this stuff has been going on for a long time. And that I mean that kind of gets into you talked about or you know Project Monarch and MK Ultra. MK Ultra supposedly has been around since at least on record from the 1950s, which means that if MK, for those that don't know MK Ultra, obviously mind control program run by the CIA. You know, 1950s, I mean, that's several generations of people that, that the government literally could have created with this sort of ideological background and literally let out into Hollywood and the society and things, which is just a frightening thought. Yeah, I mean, I'm really starting to come around to the um, the theories that I've been just sort of laughing about for years, really, that, you know, um, the idea of the people in entertainment being part of the Illuminati uh, and then that they're they're all kind of you know uh, victims of monarch mind control. Um, well, I'm starting to come around to that. I, that and especially um, the idea that they're in the Illuminati. I'll tell you this. This is what I think it is. Is they're they're in the OTO because the OTO in the upper degrees, uh, one of them is called like epopped of the Illuminati or something. So. Um, you know, the Illuminati is something that's very, or I mean, the um, OTO. Virtually anyone could join it, really. Mm-hmm. Well, except almost anyone. Um, and there's uh, some of the oldest, actually the oldest American lodges are there in California. So I think it's quite likely that that's what these pop stars are involved in, and that's uh, why they're happily flashing their occult symbols and trying to uh, make everyone think that they're involved in a, uh, a conspiracy with, you know, the, the most powerful people in the world. Um, well, it's most likely that 
but and you know and I would and, and in a certain sense that's kind of um, less you know uh, less um, illustrious than what they're pretending to, but at the same time I'm 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 coming around to the idea that um, I think that the OTO has influenced some of the uh, the more powerful cults that are operating today. I think there's been a merger between you know some of the kind of Masonic offshoot groups that are in control, some of the uh, so, some of the more elite clubs. I think they're they're they are being influenced in modern times by people who have been trained in Aleister Crowley magic, and that's why when you look at uh, you know yeah what the Podestas are involved in, it seems like it's very much influenced by Crowley magic. Um, so yeah, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, the, the people in Hollywood may very well be involved in, you know, the Illuminati, it's probably the OTO and, but the OTO is probably involved in all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it seems like whatever sort of like wickedness is that's behind this, it's, it's pretty much infiltrated every single aspect of society so whether that's the governments and 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 the you know the political sectors and all that sort of stuff but obviously the secret societies too i mean there's, there's no question there so um okay so where we, we only have a few minutes here where, where do you think this is going like where i mean where do you see this heading in a couple months i mean is this just going to get buried is it you know what i mean what's i mean is there any resolution do you see or, or what well uh Look, I mean, hopefully something else will happen. And I think that's quite likely. At least I'll give it a 50% chance. Something else will happen to keep the story alive, bust it open more, um, hopefully. Uh, but because you know, a lot of people are looking for information, maybe someone will finally find it. But as far as where it stands right now, as we're speaking at this moment, it seems that they have successfully killed the story branded the people that were spreading it as, you know, um, paranoid Christian fundamentalist pro-Donald freaks. Mm -hmm. And also they've been successful at actually um, encouraging a lot of the people that are uh, vocal about Pizzagate into being exactly that. So um, a lot of the people that are promoting Pizzagate are kind of banding together and they're becoming a tribe and, they're forming a, a common identity, and it is starting to become exactly that. You know, they're, they're all pro Donald. They just believe that he's innocent, and uh, they're they assume that if you're if you're against PizzaGate, if you're against uh, ch children getting raped and killed, that means you're one of them. That you're you know part of their church group or something. Uh, so <laughs> I've already encountered a lot of these people online lately. Yes, uh, it's really annoying, and uh, so I don't. I think that's going to uh, hamper the development of this into anything, you know, and, it, and you know what, Pizzagate does not have to be a movement because uh, child rape and murder is already illegal. Most people are horrified by it. You don't have to have a new movement, you know, you just have to alert people to what's actually going on and hopefully someone uh, who's capable of uh, making an arrest will do so. I mean, that's what we're waiting for at this point. And two, you know, aren't there people that, aren't there, you know, groups of hackers and anonymous type people who already dedicate their lives to, uh, you know, trying to shut down pedophile websites and 
and investigating these types of things, it seems like those are the groups of people you want to merge with instead of, you know, it actually literally turning into a witch hunt, which, you know, it's kind of going there with a lot of the people that are into this stuff. Uh, you know, they're going around trying to find, find someone with a, a, a triangle, uh, you know, on their in their logo, and that means that, that they're part of it. Uh, um, that can get dangerous. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I hope I hope it develops into something. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of um, intelligent people that are saying yes, there's something to it. But um, if these guys don't get arrested soon, it's going to be like Sandy Hook, where you're not allowed to even, you know, you're an idiot if you even talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's where we're going, I think. Well, I hope. I mean, I hope something good comes out of it. I really do. You know, you hear so many you hear so many people like in like the new age community or whatever talk about like expansion of consciousness and, and, and things like that. And it's like, well, guess what? This is part of your expansion of consciousness. It's ugly. It's gross. But, you know, I, in one respect, I'm glad I'm conscious of it and know of it now. And I'm glad it's being exposed because, the, you know, truth is truth. So it's important. So. Um, what do you, you, uh, we talked, you said you were working on a book next. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? No. Okay. Can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's all under yeah. wraps. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want to say anything about it until I'm ready to present it. So. Okay. Cool. When's I, the release date? Do you have one or? No, not exactly. Okay. I'm trying to get it out before the end of the year, but. Okay. I don't cool. know. All right. Secret. Cool. Um, so how do, so you got a bunch of books and stuff like that. How can people get a hold of you, buy your books and follow you and all that? You go to tracytwyman.com. That's all my website, my articles and stuff. You can find links from there to all the books that are on Amazon. Okay, cool. Awesome. Thank you. This has been, this has been fun, I guess. Not really, but I mean, it's been great talking to you. The subject matter is awful, um, but um, I appreciate it. I'm glad I'm getting your perspective on this stuff. So um, yeah, good luck in the future and everything and good luck with your next book. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Nice talking to you. Yeah, thanks, Tracy. All right. Okay. Bye. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening, everybody. Our musical guest tonight is the Son of Sam Band, and the tune is called Fighting Talk, and this tune is legit. I have to thank my friend Joe Sam once again for contributing this track. You can check out his outfit at Son of Sam Band on Facebook, and you can follow Joe Sam as well. He's a killer bassist and guitar player, and you can keep up with the myriad music projects he always has going. Really looking forward to next week. I'm going to be speaking with Mark Passio, which is something I've wanted to do for a long time. Really pumped to get his perspective and thoughts on everything that's going on in the world right now. Uh, Mark has been a cornerstone in the alternative research community, bringing to light with clarity just a bevy of insanely important topics like natural law, divine masculine and feminine, statism, and the like. So uh, really looking forward to that. All right, that's it for this episode. Tune in next time, and remember, an opinion without pie is just an onion. Thanks.
With potential to ruin Life will choose to improve it Or passively cycle through it and lose it With the pity and the waste The destination of many Living a life barely worth living Let alone worth remembering When I'm gone, please no sympathy It's not really the end of me I'm just returning to my original form of energy Potential It's just as real as reality Like every single great truth It began as a blasphemy I'm unreasonable, man I make the planet adapt to me Give me a yeah. point Shot the view Something you ain't got faith in Whether it's a human relationship or space station Manifestation of the abstract What a hobby Either change the course of history Or be dismissed as arty It's malarkey It's been darkening my heart So on the track I'm shedding sharding Then departing in the dark Then returning to the peace Within the turbulent urban life that I'm living Where one's own mind can be his prison The source of his upliftment Is first enemy or his first friendship Bringing new light to your life Much like a birthed infant I burn incense And the respect for my neighbors while I flame up And contemplate my next major change up Funny how we can sometimes resist the things that change us For the better, still I remain a you go-getter You you ain't got my number So don't pick up the phone and tell me how it is, though You will not outsmart me Take a second With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.